You're listening to Everybody Eats, where we sit down with the best and brightest hustlers, entrepreneurs, go-getters, and professionals. Join us as we create the ultimate network and change the business narrative from the ground up. All right, let's do it. This episode is sponsored by Equity Taxes. If you're looking for a tax firm that is accessible, convenient, and transparent, they're the best in the game. If you're seeking tax or bookkeeping assistance, they can handle it. For a limited time only, they're offering all Everybody Eats show listeners 15% off of their services. To learn more, schedule a virtual consultation at equitytaxesnj.com backslash appointment. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Everybody Eats show. We've got a really special guest for you today, Mr. Kyrie Harper. Um, man, it, it, it's, it's uh, goose happened, mistakes happened. We were literally just recording and I forgot to actually press record. So we have to run this back, right? So Mr. Kyrie Harper, um, if you could introduce yourself, who you are, what do you do? Um, now that I press record so that people can actually hear, right, what you said. So if you could introduce yourself, uh, who you are, what do you do? Um, and we'll get the episode rolling. Excellent. Yeah. So my name is uh, Kyrie Harper. I own a digital marketing agency. So I help new entrepreneurs getting in the digital marketing space. I help them scale their business. So they bring, so I work in a real estate niche. And if they bring me a client, then I'm going to do all the back, the back end work. I'm basically a white label service. So they use my company and we say that we work with X, Y, and Z company. So yeah, we just make it easy for business owners to get started out the gate because I understand what it's like trying to figure out and put all the pieces together and not having anybody who could really help you out on the back end. So I just want to be the change I want to see in the world, you know? So um, for those for those listening, one, um, you know, in the, the first recording, I went over how one, Kyrie and I, we met uh, through Instagram, right? So first I, you know, I saw a video of him on the Black, uh, Black Wealth Renaissance page. They, they had a clip. Um, about Kyrie. Uh, he was on the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. Kyrie was talking about systems and processes in his business, um, you know, and how he how he sets them up. Um, and, you know, a few weeks, about last month or so, Kyrie had reached out to us on the podcast, uh, Instagram, um, wanted to connect, give out some free game about, you know, systems, processes, um, Facebook ads. That was one of the uh, key things. Um, so that definitely helped us because now we're doing Facebook ads more consistently, right? And definitely, like, we've better seen numbers the on them, yeah, exactly. Like, we've seen Not the growth so far, and we've seen the numbers on it, and, and it's been well so far. So, I was like, dang, I get Kyrie back on the podcast. You know, like, <laughs> he gotta he, he, he gotta talk about how he did it himself and like get some gems out to the people. So, um, that, that's the background to you know how we met. So, um, if, if you could. I guess just start from the beginning, right? Like, obviously, you know, your business didn't start, you know, in two months, it didn't start just right right now. So what, what's the story behind um, essentially what your business is now? Like, what from, from what, what's that story? What was that process like to getting to, to this position? Okay. So the short version really is, you know, me growing up in foster care, having a lack of stability, getting adopted, and my family still separating, I always knew, you know, I have a brother, my brother growing up, he, he went down the opposite path I did, ended up doing a prison sentence for about five years. He was in and out of prison when he was uh, younger. He's a changed man now, thank God. But, 
seeing all that stuff consistently, consistently going to different foster home orphanages, you know, I got, I was in different, I was moving every year or two years and never being able to stay in one school. I was like, I always told myself when I get older, I don't know what age, but when I'm able to, I'm going to be in control of my entire life. No one's going to tell me what to do. No one's going to tell me how to do it. I'm not just, I don't know what, I don't know what the big break is going to be, but I do know that I'm going to be able to empower my life and never put the people around me in the positions that I've been in because I will control everything around me. But within that control, I will not abuse it like most people. I will only use this power for good. And that's always been my mindset. Even when I had nothing, you know, I was always a leader of the group. I made sure everyone stayed out of trouble. You know, I was the first one to say, hey, let's not go do this. But I was also the first one to say, hey, this is a little bit of a risky investment. Let's give it a shot. You know, but if things didn't go well, I had no problem taking the, you know, bearing the weight of my decisions. So that's really why I became an entrepreneur. And also, I just saw the way people were living. I'm like, yo, it's like people are not living in mansions off of working, you know, $50,000, $60,000 a year jobs, $70,000 a year jobs as all of our parents, especially within the black community, you tell someone, you know, in the black community, you're making $70,000 a year. They're like, whoa, you done hit it big. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I've made that in the last two months. So I, I couldn't even fathom the, the idea of me working anywhere for 70 or $100,000 a year. And having such standards, it really is pushing me to go even harder. Most people would stop when you make 30,000 a month. No, it's a sickness. You want more because you know you could do more. But obviously things didn't start off like that. We're going to, you guys need to insert that little clip, you know. Was that in all the black movies? <laughs> I wasn't always this messed up. Let me take you. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, basically 16, I move out of my parents' house. You know, me and my moms aren't getting along. And I go, I live with my boy, you know, my boy Vinny and I lived with him for about two years. I'm sleeping on a leather couch all throughout high school. Like, yeah, I got no money, no car, no cell phone. Like, I'm down bad. I had two pairs of jeans. You know, I'm living with people. They're not my family. They're not my parents. You know, they can't, I can't say, hey, you want to, can we go school shopping this year? It's like, you got to go get it how you live. So, you know, whatever. I was, you know, as, you know, I graduated from high school. I was still living with my boy for a little bit of time. We all, I started working these jobs and everything, but I always like had that little hustler mentality. You know, I was like DJing at clubs, making a little bit of money here and there, trying to throw parties here and there. And I had no concept that I was, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, I can't say I didn't have a concept. I didn't understand what being an entrepreneur was, but I knew that I just need to make some extra bread because, you know, I got to survive. So basically throughout all that time, man, it's like, I'm just working different jobs. I'm getting fired from every single job consistently. Like I can't show up on time. I don't want to hear nothing. No, nobody could tell me nothing. You know, I don't care. I didn't care what their title was. I didn't care if you were the owner. I was like, I was like, don't disrespect me straight up. I was like, you don't know what I've been through. I don't know what you've been through. So if we're not going to give each other mutual respect, let's just keep it moving. And so I work at a place called Pump It Up. Shout out to Jim. I hate that man. You know, <laughs> hopefully one day he hears this interview. He is the worst person I've ever met, but he taught me that's not the type of boss I want to be like when I am one. So I, I got fired from that. Moved back home. My parents for like four months. Got kicked out. Me and my mom got into it again. 
Now I'm living on my boy's couch in by Rutgers University in New Jersey. And, you know, but at this time, I'm like, my DJing's taking off a little bit. You know, I'm DJing at night, you know, I'm with my best friend, we're throwing parties, making a little bit of that side money, all that good stuff. And me and my boy, we would talk every day. His name is Shandon, it's my right-hand man. He's like, yo, we're gonna get to this bag. I don't know how we're gonna get to it. Well, he didn't say bag, cause you know, back then, eight years ago, nobody was saying we get into the bag, but, <laughs> but, you know, we were always talking about it. Like, hey, we, we're so close, we're so close. So we always gave each other motivation. You know, Shannon comes from a really good family. You know, his mom works, she has a great job and all that good stuff. But he always held me down no matter what. If I didn't have bread, if I didn't have nothing. So I kind of felt like I owed him. You know, I owed him two grand at one point because he used to always give me money and we would keep track. And I was just like, bro, I'll pay you back one day. He's like, I believe it. So fast forward, you know, now we're, I'm starting little side businesses. So let's just get to 2016. I get into real estate, still broke his dishes. You know, I'm living in an attic with me and my son's mom. Like I'm talking, you know, that shit got so hot. It was, it got up to like a hundred degrees in there. There was no, nothing. We're paying $800 a month to live in someone's attic. And that's when I really was like, I started looking at myself being like, okay, what do I want out of life? You know, I was around 22 years old, 18 to 21, we'll skip the party phase. So around 21, 22, I'm like, what do I want out of life? I knew I wanted to travel. I knew I wanted to be free and I knew I didn't want a boss. So I started looking into everything. I opened up a, a drop shipping store. You know, everyone, we all heard about drop shipping and how that goes. So I opened up a drop shipping store. I was doing research on that YouTube. I was looking at any courses for free I can get. And I, it was called import plugs. And, you know, I made like four sales and I was really trying it, but it just wasn't working out. So, you know, whatever. So I go back to getting a, I go, I get into real estate now. Cause my boy's like, yo, let's get into real estate, this, that, and the other. So we go to this networking event in Manhattan around in 2016. Cause you know, I wasn't going to go to no regular stuff. He wanted me to go to something called fortune builders, but uh, it wasn't for me. So we go to, I was like, yo, I found this event. It's a rooftop party in Manhattan. It's just my type of scene. It's my type of vibe. Let's do that. So we pull up there. And at this time, I'm actually doing landscaping. I'm working uh, in landscaping at that time in 2016. And then, so we get to the party. I mean, the rooftop party, you know, no one's trying to talk to us. They're like, hey, what do you do? I was like, I work, I'm a, I'm a landscaper and my boy sells cars. So everyone's just, and this is, once again, this is in Manhattan. Yeah. They're like, yeah, <laughs> just like, it's one of those, <laughs> like, it was terrible. So no one to talk to us. I was like, you know, I just told my boys, like, listen, let's just have a couple beers. We'll just chill. So we, 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 I go buy the beers. We sit down, like the place is crowded, but there's these two seats, right? And it's crazy how this happened. This one's shaking stuff gets interesting. There's two seats. So we take those seats and there's three guys sitting there. Their name is Nick, Doobie, and I forgot what the attorney's name was. <laughs> <laughs> and... So I lived in Israel for a few years. I moved there for about uh, a couple of years. So I speak Hebrew. And uh, so I hear these guys speaking Hebrew. I'm already like, yo, I just hear, I just hear Hebrew. So I'm just trying to mack in conversation and vibe. So I start, I, I tap on this dude's shoulder and start speaking to him in Hebrew. And he looks at me like, uh, all right. So he starts hitting me back with Hebrew and stuff. Next thing you know, he's calling, he hits his boy on the shoulder. It's like, yo, listen to this. He speaks Hebrew whatever. We all start vibing and talking. Then the guy that I tapped on the shoulder, his name was Nick. He was like, Hey, you guys want me to go buy you some drinks? Like for like the whole table. I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem at all. You know, I, I'm broke as dishes once again. I was like, say no more. <laughs> Don't tell so, me a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to buy the drinks and then his attorney says this. 
he was like, listen, Nick doesn't like many people, but he likes you. If he offers you a job, take it. I was like, all right, word. I don't, I don't, I don't know what this man does or nothing. <laughs> all right. So we start talking more. Nick's a real estate developer in Brooklyn. You know, not everybody can be a real estate developer in Brooklyn. You know, let's just call it what it is. And he's good. He owns like 100 units, all that stuff. So he, we're talking and chilling. He got to get up out of there. He's like, yo, he's like, oh, this is what I want you to do. He's like, you want to work in real estate? I was like, I want to try it. He's like, I want you to call my partner, Sean, interview with him. He's going to tell you how everything works. And then I'll show you. Just come work with me. I got you. Because, you know, I basically we told him, like, you know, pockets are messed up, this, that and the other, all that. Cool. We do that. I go meet Sean. Sean's 25 at the time. Dude's a millionaire. You're like, you smell the money. You know, Israeli cats, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you can smell the money off this guy. I was like, all right, well, listen, if I want to work here, how much is the pay? They're like, it's $10,000 per deal. And I was like, whoa, now that's the type of job I could work. So fast forward, I start working there. I'm the only one in, like, it's me and four other people. I'm making cold calls every day trying to get that deal. I didn't care what it took. I was like, yo, I want that 10,000. I was like, 10,000 could change my life right now. So I'm swiping credit cards to get into Brooklyn because there's a $15 toll every time you go in. And you know, the gas is like 30 bucks, like I think like every two days or something for me. I was like, I don't care. I'm going, I'll go negative, negative. You know, me and my boy used to split $5 sandwiches on from the bodega and that was our meal all day. So whatever, I'm in there, I'm cold calling, I'm standing next to Sean, anything. And they took a liking to me. So they gave me a car, like a company car, all that good stuff. They're like, yo, we want you here, just come here. I closed my first deal, I got like $2,000 off of it. Cause you know, I had to borrow money and I had to pay them back and everything. So it's like two G's, cool. That's when I knew this was real. I was like, this is real. No matter, it, it, yes, it was a lot of hard work but I know that there's potential here. You know, once again, Sean being my mentor, He's 25, making over a million dollars. And he came from Israel, literally a foreign country like three years ago at that time. So I just keep working. I close a couple more deals, but after a while, things get difficult. I'm just like, listen, I can't work here anymore. I'm not making enough. You know, I had like, I, but I closed the final deal before I walked away. I, I made like $6,000. So I was like, listen, that could hold me over for a little bit. So 2017 rolls around, it's the summer of 2017. And then uh, I basically, I go and I start doing the same thing in New Jersey, but for myself. And I just start wholesaling. From there, I was like really good. Cause if you could do, if you could, if I could close a deal in New York, I was like, yo, I'm definitely gonna stun on them in Jersey, easy. Because I was going up against the best of the best in Brooklyn. Cause you know, that's when the market was booming. That's when that whole shift really hit. So I was doing it in Jersey. I started linking up with people all that good stuff. 2018 rolls around. I got really good. Started making $30,000 checks. I just found out I was having a sunborn basically around like January. I made five grand, 10 grand here, you know, 30 grand there. Then I had a $60,000 month. And I was just like, yo, this is real. This is 2018. But of course, when you start getting money and you have no experience, no recollection of how to, you know, you don't know how to save it, anything, I blew it all. And I don't know how my friends still ask me to this day, how did you spend that much money? I was like, I don't know. You know, I paid my best friend back. I gave him the first deal I ever got. That was a big deal. I gave him two. I was like, here's the two G's I owe you, bro. And then I paid for his, uh, his honeymoon. I mean, his, uh, yeah, I think it was his pre honeymoon, whatever the hell it was trip to Puerto Rico for him and his woman. And 
And after that, I just kept spending and spending and spending, got the apartment, got everything, gained like a hundred pounds. You know, I was looking good, got a car, all that. I still got that same car that I bought in 2016. I'll never let it go. I love that car. And um, basically, yeah, so 2019 rolls around, you know, I'm having my son, I'm, ha- I'm finding out I'm having a son and all that good stuff. And I have no money. Deals done dried up. I don't know, no one wants to do deals, it's winter you know, Jersey market's getting hot. I can't even touch any wholesale deals. So I go work. Luckily, all the real estate connections I made, I was able to get a job at something called like a hard money brokerage. They're basically, they provide money to investors. So I was basically a loan officer for investors for a little bit. I worked there for 30 days, right? They were paying me $31,000 a year. I was like, listen, I'll take it. And this is in 2018, going into 2019. All right. Um, I'm sorry, this is, this is 2018, beginning of 2018. And they offered me 30 something thousand dollars a year. I worked there for 30 days. And I was like, yo, I quit. I had a son. I had to move back at home with my mom's because I had no money. Me, my son, and my son's mom, we were sleeping on a twin size mattress, all three of us. And I was going home every day, hating myself. I was like, what did I do? I put my family in this position. Nobody else. I did this. I blew all that money. I didn't care about saving. I was the one that let the money change me. So I was like, no problem. I restarted. I quit. I got back into wholesaling. I took a different strategy, started making some money again. Linked up with this other dude, made a little bit more. I saved a little bit more this time. Still messed my my pockets up though. So at that point, told the missus, I was like, listen, take, take Jackson. You guys go moving with your parents. I'm going to Columbia. So this is like in 2019 now. I was like, yeah, I'm off to Columbia. Straight up. What happened? Did you speak Spanish at that point? You just like, I'm just going. I just, I I ran away for 50 mil like Dave Chappelle. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) (laughs) So I go to Columbia. I'm like, yo, I see all these young cats, right? This is summer 2019 and all that good stuff. We're fast forwarding a little bit. Summer 2019, I see all these young cats like, yo, how are you guys living here? Cause I'm just here on vacay for three months. Y'all are here for been here for two years. They're like, oh, we run online stores, we run Facebook ads, Facebook ads, Facebook ads, Facebook ads, e-com and Facebook ads. I was like, all right. This is like the 50 some hundred time I heard about Facebook ads. What is going on here? So basically, I had two months left in Columbia, right? I was like, yo, I'm not, I'm not partying, I'm not doing nothing. Monday through Friday, I'm locked in learning about Facebook ads. So I, I had I had like a five thousand dollar credit card. And that was like all my spending money. I just swiped it on courses. So I spent like two, $3,000 on courses, learned stuff, started like doing logos. So when I was doing logos in Colombia, I was just outsourcing it to someone. I would charge a hundred, pay some dude in Pakistan, 25 bucks. And that's how I was like really maintaining, eating and surviving out there. Colombia is really cheap. So it, it was fine. And, you know, I used the Airbnb. So everything was paid for, the, the space was paid for. Uh, basically I come back and, uh, oh, and then I meet this kid. His name is Ravi. At that time, he was making like $40,000 a month running Facebook ads for realtors. I was like, what, <laughs> what people don't even make that a year. And you're doing that a month. And he's the same age as me. He's 26. Now he dropped out of law school, all that stuff. You know, he still had his grind. So I spoke to him. He was like, yo, this is what I do. But he wants to like charge me like a thousand bucks for a consultation and all that. I was like, I can't do it again. So I just started grinding, 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 grinding. 
I get back to Jersey, right? Columbia trip's finally over, but I now have a clear mind. Because me, when I'm alone, that's when I like really, that's when, I, that's when things start clicking for me. So go back to Jersey. Now I'm living in a one bedroom apartment with five other people, including my son. I'm trying to figure stuff out. I was like, okay, I know how to run Facebook ads for realtors. Let me go be, let me go reactivate my real estate license and do real estate. And I did, you know? So when I got back, I was able to run ads and I got like three clients out the gate. Plus my friends are investors. So they're like, yo, you could sell this house. I got this one coming up. So two of my investor friends gave me a listing. And then I had one listing from Facebook ads. So I was all right. I was like, okay, so I have a little bit of pocket change to survive for like two, three months right now. And then I was like, yo, the real estate thing isn't for me. And then like January, I mean, uh, December holidays, things slow down. It's a slow season in real estate. So now we're in December of 2019. So January, 2020 comes around. The season's starting to come back, but I'm out of money. I'm dead broke again, January, 2020, nothing. And I was like, listen, I just got to go to the digital marketing stuff because I don't want to show houses anymore. It was cold as hell. These clients are flaking on me and not buying anything or there's 10 million other things happening. So I go all in on my marketing agency. And, you know, since I did a little bit of deals and I know people in real estate, I was like, yo, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing Facebook ads for realtors. I'll work, I'll work for free. So January, I was working for free. I was like, yo, free, 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 free. I was going on Fiverr.com, setting up ads for 50 bucks, anything to get a proof of concept. Because I understood I needed that first and I could charge more. Then from there, um, you know, on Facebook, I, I, I make a lot of noise on Facebook. So like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm lit there. So um, yeah, I just started working, like talk agencies are like, yo, how are you doing this? How are you getting such great results? Realtors like, how are you getting such great results? And this, this guy, I don't want to say his name cause I don't talk to him no more, but he was like, yo, why don't you come work with me as a salesman? And this is probably around that, that, uh, February, early February time or something like January and February, early, whatever. But, uh, we start working together. He shows me a system. He's like, yeah, I'm doing white label. So he's like, basically I just run all the ads for digital marketing agencies. I do all the fulfillment, all the backend work. I was like, word. So we start working together and we have a, there's a miscommunication on his end, not mine. He gets mad. He's like, yo, I don't need you. I can do all this by myself, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yo, get out of here. He's like, I don't care. And I was just like, what? I was like, yeah, you bipolar dog. Like what happened? <laughs> so I was like, you know what? But that the thing, the problem with this is this situation, which is what changed the whole entire narrative. Him, me and him having that argument. And I was a salesperson on this team. I already had people who were ready to work with me, like off the strength of my word. And then I let them know what happened. They're like, yo, listen, Tyree, we're not, we came on because we want to work with you. If you can handle the fulfillment for our realtor clients, we will give you the money. I was like, listen, I'll do it for 350 bucks. You know, so I had three clients for 300. So I had basically a total of like $1,100 to my name. And I took that $1,100 because they, they stuck with me. I bought all the systems that I needed. I hired a virtual assistant because I knew I was going to need help. You know, I was doing the cold calling because we also offer like calling. We call the leads as well. I, from nine to 12, I was doing the calling myself to all the client leads just to deliver. And yeah, we started getting results. We lost a couple of clients though, of course, you know, it's, it was a roller coaster for the first two months. February, end of February, you know, we're understanding, we're getting a little bit better. March, we're starting to bubble up a little bit. This is March, 2020. And this dude named Brett, Brett's like my mentor now. Like, this is my, my, this is my guy. I will do anything for Brett. He's like, he, he's already making, he's already making six figures a month. He's killing it. 
He's like, Kyrie, I'm really hearing about all the results you're getting this, that, and the other. Why don't we just get on a call? You know, he's like, we bounce some ideas off of each other. I'm like, say no more. So we start bouncing ideas off of each other and all that good stuff. And he was like, yo, honestly, Kyrie, I've never seen someone with so much determination as you, especially where you come from. He's like, this is what I'm going to do. He's like, I'm going to give you one client, all right? If you do well with this one client, I promise I'll give you a video testimonial about how great your services are. And once again, Brett is that dude in this industry. You, you get the blessings from him. You, you, you green light, you good, green light. <laughs> so we did it. This time I hired my friend. My friend's on board now, my, my best friend, Shandon. I was like, yo, Shandon, I could pay you $3 an hour. <laughs> but I promise it's gonna be worth it in the long term. He was like, yo, I might go pump gas before I take $3 an hour. And you know, <laughs> Shannon hits me a couple weeks later, I mean, a week, a couple days later. He's like, yo, he's like, you know, honestly, you ain't never let me down since. He was like, I've never seen you so passionate about something. He's like, I'll take $3 an hour. So my boy Shannon joins. I'm like, yo, Shannon, you handle clients. I'm going to handle back in ads and all this other stuff. Uh, Carmen, you handle responding to the leads and converting them, getting like their search criteria and all that. So that was the game plan. That's what we were doing. And then, so finally, Brett, this is probably like around like mid-March or April, Brett's like, hey, I got that client for you. You ready? So Brett gives me the client. You know, results are decent, but we're really, he loves our client service. Because we like, we get on calls with clients every week. We see how we can help them, what we can do better. And he's hearing all these great things from his clients. Client name was Gregory. And Brett was like, yo, honestly, he's like, yo, Gregory's really happy with everything you guys are doing. So basically, so now let's move to April. April comes around. He gives me that video testimonial. And, I, you know, it took a little bit longer because he, he shaved too much of his beard. So, you know how that goes. You know, you know you, you, most of us with beards are ugly underneath. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he made that video testimonial. And I kid you not, because once again, he's a digital marketing agency. I'm working with digital marketing agencies to do the fulfillment for their stuff. Digital marketing agency started hitting me up like, yo, I just saw that video testimonial. Can you do mine? Can you do mine? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo, I got you. I got you. So now it's like April, early May, whatever it may be. And that's the hottest season in real estate. That's the spring summer market. So everyone's buying digital marketing and COVID happened. So it's like people don't even need to sell nothing. They know they need ads. Next thing you know, it's like, I got like five, 10 clients. I'm like, oh shoot. I just made like $4,000 this week. So I was like, yo, Shannon, how about I promote you to sales? And you start handling all the agencies. You know, so Shannon starts handling the agencies. People love Shannon. Shannon has more patience than I do. I hate people. And people are loving it, though. <laughs> They're loving the results, everything. So April rolls around. We got our thing. We got our systems rolling and all that other stuff. It's, it's not great. It's not perfect, but it works. It's efficient, and it's better than what everyone else is doing. Come May, I was like, all right, I sat back. I made all the adjustments I needed to make. Now we're making money. I'm talking first $15,000 a month where we all celebrated. Like, yo, we finally passed it. And once again, well, this is, we're charging people like 400 bucks. So that's a lot of clients. And, and then basically I upped my prices. I was like, all right, the price is now 997 a month. People weren't even mad at that. They're like, no problem. So, you know, we're still doing our thing. June comes around. Shannon's like, yo, I'm going to Mexico. He's, make, he's making money, you know, he's making every sale. You know, every client that comes in from an agency, I gave him 150 plus a re reoccurring because that's that off strength of him just doing that thing for me, that favor. So Shannon moves to Mexico and all that other stuff. Shannon's still closing deals, this, that, and the other. 
And now it's like June. June, we started getting popping. Now we're hitting 20,000. July, we're hitting 25. August, $39,000. Once again, this is 2020. During the pandemic, you know, your boy was just sleeping in the one bedroom. I moved to Texas. I forgot to say in May, I moved to Texas. End of May, I moved to Texas. Moved my whole family out, got a little two bedroom, did my Texas thing. And that's where I'm at now. But uh, so, yeah, I go to Mexico once again, ran away for 50 mil like Dave Chappelle. Because, you know, I was like, that's what I do. I was like, I get a little bit of money and I dip. <laughs> <laughs> so the <reset> I mean, button. <laughs> that, that's what it is, though. I was like, me and the missus going through some things, all that. I was like, yeah, let me get away. You go back. Let's just breathe. And in August, we were making some money. I was being stupid again. I fell back into those old habits. I didn't mess up my money though. I had a savings this time. Cause I knew, I knew the result and I already had a new lease and I moved my family across the country from Jersey to Texas. I was like, I'm not doing that again. Next thing you know, whatever. I have to fire my boy in October cause business is slow and it's just what happens. You know, I was like, yo, I gotta let you go for two months. He's working with me now again. So I let him go, you know, I was still maintaining. I went from nine, to, uh, nine staff to about two. And now it's, or now we have three. And my boy, but he works on commission now. So he doesn't even, he does whatever he wants. You know, off the strength, he's always going to be good. And, uh, but he once again, he's a hard worker. So I don't need to watch him. And then, yeah, that was really it. That's just really what we did. So now we built it. You know, January came around of 2021. We're back at it, $30,000 a month. Like we never left. Now I'm trying to get to 100,000. You know, I learned in October was wake up call. I started saving my bread again. You know, I got a nice savings now. Thank God. IRS don't come for that. Don't send that letter yet. And, <laughs> and then, yeah, man. So that's the backstory. So my biggest question through everything you went through is like literally roller coaster is the best way to describe it. What, what kept your, your head up through the storm the entire time? Like it can't be like, I don't, I don't, I see it as something not normal. Cause you know, you kept, you kept, you kept going and going and going. And, and I just feel like a lot of people would have dropped off, you know, by the, the fourth or fifth up and down. So <laughs> like, well, what, what kept you, what kept you really just head down and running? Well, a couple things. One, my dad was always like, when I adopted dad, he always said, you know, stay patient, stay consistent. If you're doing right, it's going to work out. And then 2018 happened, well, 2017, December 15th, my son was born. Every day I had to look at my son in his eyes, every day. And it was up to me to see like, what kind of life am I going to provide? Am I going to repeat the cycle or not? And that was it. So, and no one wants to work for somebody. Like once you make, you know, X amount of dollars in real estate, even though I blew all that money, you realize the possibilities. How can you ever go back? You know, it was just impossible for me at that point. It wasn't even an option to go back. And it still isn't. I tell people all the time, I'll die before I go back to work a nine to five, straight up. That first, uh, it, it really sounded like, you know, even, even though you only got two G's out of it, that first deal through everything you mentioned that you went through your part of like, I, I, I felt proud for you, to be honest. So like, I, I felt that, that, you know, uh, um, that accomplish accomplishing feeling, you know, towards the end. So I, I definitely get it. You don't want to, you'd rather not log on work, you know, X amount of hours for someone, you know, get, get whatever BS might come with whatever comes with it. But instead, you know, you're choosing your own, you're making your way. So I, I respect that. I get it.
Absolutely. You take the L's up front, you get the W later. That's all it is. Now, nah, for real, that reminds me of uh, we did an episode with uh, man, uh, Randy from Italian Twine, and he said, a mind once stretched can't ever go back. Go back. You know, and he was, for him, he, he runs uh, luxury uh, watches and, like, accessories, and he was saying, like, yeah, like, after he started making X amount of sales and saw, like, the potential, he's like, that can never go back. You know what I'm saying? Like once okay. you once you taste it a little bit, it's like you know, even it may not happen right away, and that's why you know I admired it because it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like you hit two G's and that became like your job, and you know, and then you just start rolling from there, right? There was still like ups and downs after that, you know what I'm saying? So it's like even though you know it took some time before to get, it took some time to to get where you are now, you still had that you know in the back of your mind in front of your mind like you still had that like yo this is this is what i want this is this is regardless how long it's gonna take i'm still i'm still keep going for it yeah absolutely it's and that's how everyone needs to be but people need to understand that the way i did it is not normal i was able to endure the pain because my entire childhood was pain pain was all is all i know it's all i'm accustomed to so when my back's against the wall, I'm like, yo, this is just regular. This is survive. I'm just back in survival mode. And that's nothing to me. I can sur- I've survived through the worst of the worst conditions. So I was like, shoot. I'm like, if if the the United States foster care system can't break me, there ain't nothing you could put at me that's gonna fucking tear me. You may stop me for a little bit, but yeah, man. So that's just how I live. I almost I ain't scared of nothing, straight up. Yeah, nah, definitely. That's the that's the story of resilience. Honestly, that's that's the first thing that comes to my head. Story of resilience. So, definitely, definitely appreciate that. Um, I got a question. So you you're saying you the ads that you make? I'm I'm a little confused. So you you it's digital marketing for real estate agents, or are you like what exactly are the ads that you're running for? Yeah, so it's for digital. It's it's for real estate agents. So that, that's the the whole back end. Yeah. So I do all the, everything real estate, except I don't work directly with the realtor clients. I work with digital marketing agencies as my clients. Does that make sense? A little bit. So it's it's like drop shipping. Okay. So in reality, people buy stuff from like AliExpress and stuff like that. They're not the actual company. Yeah. So. Consider me AliExpress for the digital marketing agency for realtors. I mean, for in, in, the, in the digital marketing space world, agencies use my product and service and say it's theirs. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay. So XYZ um, realtor wants to, what, like sell a crib, they'll go to you to help put the ad out that they're buying or selling or something like that? Uh, no. So basically if they want to generate more buyer or seller clients, like you were just interested in buying and selling, yeah. then I would put the ad out to attract those people looking to buy or sell. Okay. Got it. All right. No, so it's, it's, it's just regular, regular stuff. It's I always say, if you overthink it, you're going to confuse yourself. <laughs> but yeah, man. It's but yeah. Just once again, I just work. I just handle the fulfillment, though. I don't. I basically have, being a fulfillment company means you don't handle the sales. Yeah, that's all it is. Everyone else is out selling, and then I do the back end work. Got it. How was uh, wholesaling for you? You said you said it was good for a little bit, and after a while, 
not so much. But like, I don't know. We, I, my cousin does wholesaling in Florida. Um, I actually just hit up some dude. You know, uh, Max Maxwell. Yeah, me and that man beefing right now. Really? Damn. <laughs> I, mean, I don't talk about Max. Leave Max alone. <laughs> But uh, I guess, like, one of his boys, I just reached out to him to try and get him on the podcast. But just in general, like, w- w- wholesaling, how was that for you? I mean, it's good. It's just Jersey and oversaturated market. It's expensive. People from New York are moving there because it's cheaper. You know, just it was it was a good experience because the way I did it was a little bit different. You know, I wasn't, once again, I, I was never calling, like, homeowners and stuff like that. I was always going to, like, the plug, so... I would go to like to the auction, investors would buy houses. I was like, hey, can I wholesale this crib for you? Give me 48 hours, I can get under contract. Yeah. They're like, yeah. And then eventually that reputation got around. So people, like wholesalers just started calling me, I mean, or investors started calling me that bought houses at the auction. They're like, yo, can you wholesale this property for me? So I always took the work where once, just like my marketing agency, I don't want to have to do the outreach and all that. Give me the product and I'm gonna move it for you. Yeah, for sure. So. And you don't do that still in Texas or anything? Like the market is it? It's just because you you just busy doing your own thing, or it, it just comes to a point where it's like you guys are gonna see. You know, I don't know what you guys what financial situation. I'm sure you guys you guys work nine to fives, right? Yeah. Uh, we're on the career path and all that good stuff. What you're gonna see when you do start making money, if that is your goal to start making 20, 30, 40, 50 thousand a month, is if you can make ten thousand dollars a month consistently in your business. You can make a hundred thousand a month and you can make a million a month. So why would you put any attention to anything else? And that's just the way I look at it. I, there's are times where I'm like, yo, let me just get back into wholesaling. I know how to run the ads. I know how to do this. I have the call center. I have the staff, but when I start getting into that, it's a panic mode. It's like, you know, everyone says multiple streams of income. But I was like, I shouldn't, that's, that's active income that I have to do. I don't want to work for my money. I want to just take the money I make and just keep investing it somewhere. So it grows. Yeah. So one main business and then the rest is passive income. I'm investing in crypto stocks, all that. Hey, okay. That's lit. Got it. Um, all right. Um, all right. When you All right, so segment two, quote of the day. Um, Edom will say a quote. Um, try and guess who said it. Um, he'll give us some tips, and then we'll kind of just uh, say our interpretation of it. So, and it's set. All right, well, uh, tip number one, you guys aren't going to get whoever said this or where it's from. But um, the quote is, I, I hope I didn't say it, but uh, to dwell in the past is to lose one's path. To, dawn the- to, to dwell in the past is to lose one's path. Mm. So it's not really, I mean, no, I, I, nobody really said it, but I think I was watching something. I forgot where I didn't put it down, but um, that was a quote they said. So to dwell in the past is to lose one's path. And I think this is really applicable, um, especially in your your case, uh, Kari. Um, but I mean, you hear people say, always like kind of pick your head up when you get knocked down or, or cheer up. And, you know, a lot of stuff that's easier said than done, but um, there's still truth to it. You know, if you keep thinking about uh, what happened yesterday or today or, or actions or decisions that led you to an unfortunate situation where you're currently in, it gets hard to um, 
it gets hard to uh, uh, you know see the whole picture and 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 move forward. And even if you're walking down a path, you know, I was watching um, TV show. They talked about ignorant people and whatnot. Um, if you're looking down at the ground, you know, that was the comparison. They said, you know, they're walking with their nose to the ground. They can't see the world around them changing. I kind of feel that applies to everything else, you know, in, in the sense of uh, it, it applies to this quote in the sense of if you're looking down, you have such a narrow perspective on on what you're going through and you're still you're always like, woe is me or um just not doing, you know, just not uh, making anything positive of the situation. You're, you're not going to get anywhere, you know, especially if you're even if even if it's something positive, you know, you could make it big. But if you're always talking about that one, you know, big clothes you made or that one uh, um, real good moment you had or your peak, they call it, you know, it's kind of like it's, it's such a uh, double edged sword because, you know, usually for the most part, what, what happens at a peak, you know, you come usually come down. So. Now, for real, that's facts. Um, kind of, uh, I guess, like a simpler way. Um, I heard was like, yeah, you can't, you can't keep, you can't move forward if you keep looking back. You know what I'm saying? Pretty, pretty much simple thing. Um, and um, someone also made an analogy of like when you're driving. There's a reason when you're driving, you look at like the front mirror. You don't drive forward looking at the rear view mirror. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not gonna get anywhere. You're gonna crash eventually. Like if you just keep on looking, what happens in the back? But I like the point you made when you said, even if you're looking back at something positive that you did, you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, you might have a peak or you might have a good moment in the past. But if you keep on dwelling on like, oh, the time I did this, the time I did that, and, and it happened well, like you still have to eventually, you have to keep going forward. You know what I'm saying? So even if it is something positive that you're reflecting on, you still have to keep your, your head up straight and, you know, worry about what's in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Like worry about what's what's, what's exactly in front of you. So, um it's, it's not always easy because sometimes like you, you look in your past and you be like, oh, I made this mistake once. Maybe you start getting some self-doubt. Sometimes you start to question yourself or your abilities or anything like that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's about just keeping 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 your, your, your head straight and really focusing like, all right, that issue was a problem yesterday. That was a problem last week. That was a problem last year. But like, what what am I dealing with right now at this moment? Um, making sure that you're executing on that. And that's definitely like it's the most important. 100%. Do I, do I, do I analyze this one as well? Yeah, you have anything yeah, to speak on, yeah. Is, can you say the quote one more time? Uh, to dwell in the past is to lose one's path. Yeah, so it, it is facts, you know. It's dwelling in the past. What, what I think it is the obvious meaning is, you know, you get stuck in the past, you're going to, that's where you're going to live. But if we want to really break this down to a deeper level, people are comfortable with the past because it's something that they're familiar with because it has already occurred and they know what the outcome is going to be. As I said before, I was, I'm already used to pain. So what is pain to me moving forward? That's why we stick to the toxic relationships, the abusive relationships, the nine to five, because we're used to from the beginning when we're in school, we're used to, what are we told? You're not going to like everybody you work with. Right. So that's what we're used to. It's like, oh, if this person is, you know, if this person's an ass, I have to deal with it because all my life in the past, I was told this is what's going to happen. So when you live in that past, it really does create your future, you know, but the only way to create a real future is to live in the present because it's going to dictate what happens tomorrow, next year, 10 years, 50 years from now. So Stay away from the past, you know, always remember it, but don't let it come back to life. 
because if it's there, it's there for a reason. Yes, sir. That's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. So before we move on, Edom, could you say that quote one last time and then we'll move on to our last segment? Uh, so the quote is, to dwell in the past is to lose one's path. All right. Let's pretend I said it. <laughs> we'll give him credit for that. All right. So on this final segment, um, kind of let's, let's talk about uh, Facebook ads, right? So um, I'm sure some people have heard of them. Some people may not have heard of them, right? So um, generally when people think of advertisements, right, you think of the old-fashioned way, billboards, flyers, whatever, right? But now we're in a digital age. Things don't look like that anymore, right? When, you, when you're looking for an ad, more likely than not, you're finding it on your computer, right? You're on a website, you go on Facebook, and then you probably see, you know, that same website. You, you was on Macy's looking for shoes. You were thinking you know, about something, right? and they got they got you with the with the Nordstrom deal or exactly, Foot Locker right? or you're something. On, you're on you're on Macy's looking for shoes. You're on Instagram. You probably see an ad over there on Instagram, right? For a Macy's shoe, probably that same exact shoe, right? You, you know, that's that's how that's how ads are run. So for people starting off in business, um, either looking to start a business, they already had one, right? If you could just kind of break down, like you mentioned how Facebook ads help you, if you could kind of break down like the importance of Facebook ads and how um, that could really help scale someone and maybe some like, I know you gave me some game on some tactics to use. So if you could give some audience some game on how they can use Facebook ads to um, help their businesses. All right. This is the exciting part that everybody wants to always hear about. So the question I'm going to ask the listeners is this, do you want to get rich? And you have to, when you give the answer, just say it out loud. So if you really want to like make a massive amount of income quickly, listen, even if you have a bad product, you can still make a lot of money as long as you're running ads, which is really messed up, but that's what a lot of people do. So Facebook ads, the reason why any social media platform is free is because of the ads. And we basically... We basically sell our data and our information to these companies. And they're like, hey, we're basically, we'll give you this in exchange for that. Not knowing that the data we sold is way more valuable than that social media platform. So Facebook, Facebook ads are like this. You have a product or a service. Let's just say, let's take the podcast, for example. You guys have a podcast. You want more people to listen to it. You're not going to grow organically because that's just not how the Instagram algorithm works. No matter what tips and tricks we use, Instagram algorithm, what's and what's also Instagram is owned by Facebook, um, is just it's going to show a very minuscule amount of people. So you can run ads and you run those ads on Facebook. Don't run them on Instagram. Always go on Facebook. So you run the ads through Facebook. Now you're able to target the entire United States of America for 10 bucks a day. And the reason why I say 10 bucks a day is because video views are the cheapest form of advertising on Facebook that you can do. I spend $10 a day on videos. I think I get like, what is it? Like a thousand views or 2000 views a day or something now. And that's just with 10 bucks a day. That's 300 a month, ladies and gentlemen, unless it's February, there's 20, I mean, 280. So it's, you want to use video views. And now what happens when you are running an advertisement where you have videos uh, playing? So let's just say you guys take all your clips of your videos and now you're saying, Hey, which clip is the highest performing clip? And let's just say it happened to be mine. All right. And you guys got, and everyone's watching this entire video, the entire clip you post, the entire 90 seconds you post. 
you're going to do what? You're going to say, yo, forget all these other videos we have running. Let's just put all the money and drive traffic through this one video to our podcast. So Facebook ads allow you, allows you to create a funnel. It allows you to get the exposure and it allows you to create the funnel to get traffic and viewers, listeners, buyers, whatever you're trying, whatever the end goal is. And people need to begin using advertisements because they have to understand advertisement is for two, two things that you only want to focus on, lead generation or brand building. As a pod, as you guys are being podcast hosts, you want to focus on brand building. More viewers, more listeners, sponsorships, but you have to understand what is your funnel. You can't just run ads to run ads. Just like how you can't just be like, all right, I'm running ads because we want to get to 5,000 listeners or 10,000 listeners or 20,000 listeners a month, right? That makes no sense. That's not a real plan. The plan that we need it to be is, okay, once we get to 10,000 listeners a month, where are we going to funnel those 10,000 listeners to? What are we going to sell them? What are we going to give them? Are we going to do a webinar? Are we going to create this? Are we going to create that? You know, I, I, I speak with Black Wealth Renaissance all the time. Like, those are my boys. We all live next to each other. And this is the same advice that I give them. I'm like, where's the money? And it's such a thing that people hate talking about because like, people don't want to be sold or whatever it may be. But it's like, you can't run a podcast forever and make no money. You can't run a business of any sort and make no money. There has to be a value to your listener. And I mean, a dollar value, your customer value or your listener value. It's the same thing with streaming. When you run streams, they, the artist gets whatever, point one cent per listener. So now you have to figure out what your funnel is and that's what the advertisement is gonna do. So first, when you're running a Facebook ad, say, hey, listen, we're gonna show this 30 second clip of Kyrie talking about this. But what we want people to do is click the link so they can go to our YouTube video. Once they go to our YouTube video, now there's something under there that says, sign up for our webinar. Once they join the webinar and they pay 50 bucks for a webinar and we now collected their information as well, now we're gonna begin retargeting them with other stuff. We know courses, consultations, anything. That's the purpose of a Facebook ad. See, the, people say Facebook ads don't work. It's not because the ads don't work. They don't have a system behind it. If you're just, if you get in your car and start driving with no destination, what's going to happen? You're just going to run out of gas, right? And have no idea where you're going. So you have to look at that when you're running ads. If there's no actual purpose behind the ad or plan to generate revenue or a destination for this ad, there's no point in running it. And that's what brings you into the systems of a business and systematizing your business. So that was a breakdown on ads. You don't want to hear about the boring back end stuff. Uh, <laughs> spent a lot of truth with that, you know, the, uh, the destination and like, just, you know, not throwing it up, just to throw it up. Cause, um, I feel like Instagram is kind of, uh, compared to Facebook ads, I really feel like Instagram ads are kind of now like, not as effective as as i think you said it offline but um you'd, ra you'd rather do it on facebook than on instagram so i mean i personally don't get why um i'm not so let's break it down for you then so, yeah could you could you let them yeah, yeah. 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 make it simple right? like oh i'm on instagram more like why why should i go on facebook no one's on facebook anymore for people who, who say that 
He was like, for people who say that, they're like, for you guys. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, a com- it's a common thing that we all do. I actually started running ads on Instagram. Like when I first started this thing, I thought Instagram ads was the wave. So let's break that down in the simplest form possible. Facebook owns Instagram. When you run ads on Facebook, you, can not only sh- you, you will not only be able to show your ads on Facebook, there's an option to show your ad on Instagram. You can get more detailed targeting. It's going to show you exactly who's engaging and interacting with what. It's, go, it's, it's called KPIs, key performance indicators. So why does this work better? Instagram, you can't do that. What does it give you? Age, location, and a couple other things, and a couple call to actions. Yeah, like how many people interacted with uh, said ad or post. Exactly, which is good. But that is what I call an engagement ad. So if you guys just want engagement likes and stuff on your post or anybody for that matter, for any business, then you would run a Instagram ad. But if you want, well, see, once again, though, there's that's getting in Instagram is like getting in the car with nowhere to go. It's being all dressed up with nowhere to go. That's what Instagram ads are. Facebook ads is you got the tux on, you know, you're going to the wedding. And then after the wedding, you know, you're going to go to the whatever the after party. And, you know, and you, it's a structure. All right. It's a little bit, it takes a little bit more time to learn. Yes. But, and that's why people like Instagram, because it's very simple. It's like four steps, right? Facebook, you have, you have the campaign, you have the campaign objective, then you have to create the ad set, which is all the detail, targeting, and location. Then you have to create the ad. So you got to make sure the text is right, the image is right, the video is right, the ad copy is right, which is the little ad text above it, the call to action is right, and then you have to watch and monitor what's going on. But I would rather have the information or the data than not have the data. So if you run five ads and say you spent 300 bucks on all five of those ads that month and none of them hit, you now know that none of them worked and you'll never run those again. So you just paid $300 to learn a lesson of what didn't work. But then when you have that one ad on Facebook that hit, that got you guys 10,000 viewers that basically went, let's just say, let's just say it went viral on Facebook because people could share those videos. Now you got that. And then you, you push them to a funnel where they could sign up for a webinar. Cause you guys do a lot of educational stuff and all that good stuff. Let's just take it, make it simple. A tax webinar for new entrepreneurs on how to set up your taxes, correct the LLCs and all that good stuff. Now you could, from Facebook, Facebook will tell you saying, Hey, listen, you had one out of the 1000 viewers, 100 people also signed up for that webinar. You can't do that with Instagram. They're not going to let you know what's going on. Who's clicking where. Yeah. So when you have those numbers, now you understand like, okay, so basically every thousand views I get, at least a hundred people are going to sign up for the webinar, which is not realistic numbers at all. If it were, we would all be like millionaires right now. <laughs> but 10's a realistic number, or actually no, out of a thousand, one's a realistic number. But now you, now you can start understanding the ROI. So you're like, okay, it caught for that, for that one webinar, webinar sign up it cost me $100. So now it costs you $100 per webinar signup based off the ads you're running because that's what it shows. So now you're like, okay, 
and you're charging $200 for the webinar. So now you made a hundred dollar profit. So now you just start scaling. It's like, hey, let's put more money. Let's see what happens. If we put $600 in a month, maybe we'll get two signups. And now we done made, you know, an additional 300 bucks or whatever it may be, or an additional hundred bucks. Now out of 600, we made 200 bucks now. So it's stuff like that. And so it's really just, it, it just helps you track your ROI. And it seems complicated in the beginning. And I always try, it's hard to break this down into a simple form. But if you're not running advertising and you don't, and, and I don't care how lit you are on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, if you don't know your numbers and you don't know where your money is coming from, you do not have a business, you have a hobby. I know where my money comes from every single day, which is why when I talk numbers, like I want to make $100,000 a month, it's just Kyrie, how much are we going to spend in ads now? How many people do we need to sign up for the webinar? Once they sign up for the webinar, how many people do now they need to sign up for the course? How many, after how many people sign up for the course, who's going to join the mentorship group? So out of 100, 20 sign up for the webinar, five sign up for the course, one signs up out of that five, one signs up for the mentorship group. So now I know it cost me $600 to acquire one new member in my mentorship group. And now running ads makes sense. Like you said, like you said, um, it, it comes down to getting the data, right? Um, you know, when you, like you said, when you're doing on Instagram, I definitely see what you mean because now we've done it on both, right? And yeah. just seeing the, the difference between both, like Instagram, like you said, it's really good for like, like engagement, right? Just to, just to make the post look good, right? To get eyes on the post and things like that. Um, but even with Instagram algorithm, we made a post, simple likes and views and stuff like that. That doesn't even really help with engagement anymore on Instagram. Um, they even stop that. So sending we're now saving, saving, the, sending and saving so the video. Much. Sending and saving the video is not how you get the most engagement. So even likes and comments and stuff don't even don't even matter. They're that's it that's so hard because like uh, my, my, my personal beef about that, especially, you know, uh, starting off uh on Kilty running the Instagram like a madman is like uh, it's already hard enough to get likes and comments and stuff and if you're if your your post has been up for 3 days and you have 27 likes damn i know 100 people did not send that to their friends you know or or no not people like not too many people saved it so that's i think that whole algorithm is like it blows mine because you know you could you had more of a fighting chance with the uh, the likes and everything. Instagram already changed how the uh, timeline is set up. So it's not based on, it's not chronological order. It's whatever gets the most interaction. And then on top of that, the, um, the saving, like I, I don't like saving is something I don't do unless it's like food or an exercise. That's the only time I'm going to say something to look at, or it's like some real useful information. But other than that, it's like, you know, um, and we, we can, you know, be honest here. I'm not going and saving everyone's small business post or sending it. You know, the most I'll do is probably send it to my story or send it to to um, one person. But that's definitely not with every post. So I think I honestly the new um, I mean, this helps our, our viewers a lot. But the new algorithm for Instagram is, is, is dog crap. But um, I had a question when you mentioned um, on uh, when you're setting up a Facebook ad, you can put it on Instagram. Is that? Is that free or is that like, um, I know Instagram has the same thing. So um, is, is it free? It's not part of the um, I mean, charge? Yeah, no, because once again, Facebook owns Instagram. So they want to utilize as many, any, as many cross-promotion platforms as possible. So if you're going to, if you realize that 
every three clicks on your story, it's an ad. Yeah. So, and those majority of those ads are coming from fees directly. So, so is, is, would you say like starting the ad? Well, I mean, you did, but starting the ad on Facebook, you uh, just, just from my understanding, it allows the, um, it just allows for a more broader, um, not only like uh, interaction on your end, but a, a broader scope in terms of Facebook and Instagram, would you say, or? More analytics. There we go, that's the word. So for sure. And that's what everyone needs. And when you go into running ads, just go in with the mindset, hey, I'm gonna lose money until I figure out what works, but it's okay. Because this is why, all right, so this is why businesses fail. And I found that out myself as well, which, well, which is why I failed in many businesses. I didn't know my numbers. I didn't want to pay for advertising. I probably could have been the best wholesaler. So the difference between advertising and organic is this. Where do you guys live? Virginia. Virginia, yeah. Virginia? All right, very well. So let's say we're all in Virginia right now and we need to get to California. And you guys drive there and I fly there. Who's going to get there first? Us. Exactly. So that's the difference between organic and paid. Organic is like driving there, maybe even walking, especially with these new algorithms. Paid is you're flying there. For sure, for sure. So, um, yeah. One of the, um, before we wrap it up, one of the key things you mentioned was KPIs, right? I, it, it's funny because I hear that all the time at work and I never really, I understood what they meant, but it never clicked until really you, you, utilizing it for my own business and after starting to use Facebook ads more consistently, right? So if you could just briefly like, um, I guess like kind of go over again, right? Key performance indicators like, why, what can, or how can business owners use that to scale their business and use that to target, um, you know, clients, whatever they're, they're looking to get? So with KPIs, there's, there's a couple ways to track it. It all depends on what you want to track. So let's just say we want to track leads. And when I say lead, how many people submitted a form, name, number, and email, or yeah, let's just keep it simple, name, number, and email. Yeah. So what you're going to do is say you have set a $20 a day budget. And at the end of the day, you track that KPI. So in that $20 a day budget on Facebook ads, you've generated four leads. So now your cost per lead is $5. So it costs you $5 to generate one lead, hence the $20 a day budget. So now that you have generated five leads, let's say the end goal for that lead is to sell them water. So out of those five leads, you sold one person water that day. Yeah. So now the KPI is $20 a day. You generated five leads. That cost, uh, whatever, $4 per lead. And now you only, but you only made one sale. And let's just say that sale was for 20 bucks. So that one $20 sale, it cost you it basically costs you $20 to acquire a client. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's just a KPI in reality is a funnel. It all starts at the top. You got a bunch of stuff at the top. And then as they go further down the funnel that you start seeing like, hey, numbers are getting lower, lower and lower. And by the time you get to the end of the funnel, the end of the funnel is who gave me money or yeah. my end result. Definitely, definitely. So 
um just just to wrap it up i guess there's also like a thank you right so we had a call back in in january um and at the time i was saying like yeah we've kind of done some facebook we kind of done some instagram it's not really too consistent um after you kind of like broke down everything right after you kind of like broke down the importance um like the testing the a b test right of like all right you know we're going to test this type of ad versus this type of ad and we're going to just compare over time um, so we, we, we were able to do that. So this is listeners, right? So this is actually, this, this, it works, right? So we're going to be transparent. So um, we've done a few Instagram ads on just like popular posts that just did well on Instagram, right? Like just organically, they did well. So before last year, um, you know, it was like, all right, let me, let me throw an ad on this one here. Maybe like next month, this one bangs, I'll throw an ad on this one there, right? And again, that's all it did was just boost the likes. Um, but then, you know, this year we started going, focusing more on Instagram and we had the perfect AB test because we've had, um, older, we, we've had like two, two types of clips, clips that like with literally like a white background, those are like older clips and then newer updated clips that the background was just different. It has like a gray background. It has like all our socials on the bottom. And it just looks nicer. Right. So we're like, all right, perfect. What we're going to do is test the newer clips versus the older clips. All right. We're going to run one, one, one week. We're going to run one type one week run another type next week kind of just to see like is it no is it the background kind of trying to just test like what what does well and what doesn't um and you know after about a month of you know i think month five weeks or four, four to five weeks or so we saw okay all the clips with the gray background just did significantly better you know what i'm saying so now we know hey right when we're going to be putting out ads, now we're going to make sure the, the clips that just look better, you know, those are the ones who get more views, more likes, more shares, more engagement. Those are the ones that we're going to be sticking with. So if you guys are on Instagram and you see, or Facebook and you see our ads, right, those are the ones we're sticking with. Um, instead of the older, the older clips, you know, that necessarily didn't do as well. Um, but then we also saw some, some, some other things, you know, um, clips that had, you know, better font and like emojis did better than the clips that you know maybe the person was talking about something even like more educational but just because the aesthetic necessarily you can see maybe the aesthetic wasn't even nice it didn't get as many views right it's, it's the same i'm sorry i'm cutting in the middle of conversation yeah, no. but it's the same as uh what it sounds like it's the same as flyering when we were part of naba at queen's college when you when you would always have a uh i think it was a black and white or just a solid color um flyer or, or whatever you're advertising for it just doesn't it doesn't catch people's eyes at all you know someone like immediately you ignore it you know so sometimes for me like my favorite colors tend to stand out so if i see anything blue i'll be more you know um uh tempted to look there we go that's the word but blue or pink or something like that so when you're hanging up flyers that are yellow with with gray font or or uh or just a solid color you know it's just that's not something somebody's going to want to look at it has to be like in color i don't know if this adds or anything but um uh that's that's what i'm getting from it yeah and it's a fact it's all it's just catching people's attention like the reason the way i started going down your guys's videos is because of how the videos were set up they were like if you look at my instagram it's just videos of me talking i don't have the borders and like and i don't have none of that i should and i'm gonna have it soon but you have to do, you don't need to do anything that stands out. Now the new thing is like, I don't know if you guys seen it lately. The video starts like this and then it goes to the side. It tells you to move your phone to the side. When you do a, like an IGTV, kind of like, yeah. Exactly. So that's what everything I'm going to start doing as well. You know, Prince Donnell does it with Jumping Jack Taxes, yeah. stuff like that. 
and just follow what the new people are doing because if it works organically, it's going to work in the advertising world. Once again, it's just advertising is scaling. Yeah. You know, but also advertising is like the stock market. If you don't know what you're doing, you will lose money. It is not for everybody in the beginning. Always start with organic first. And then when you do eventually move on to paid advertising, don't just strictly stick to paid because what I'm seeing is, I know this is going to contradict the entire podcast right now <laughs> brand building is the way to go more organic reach it is why tiktok will dominate as long as they don't change their algorithm because organic 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 you have a better it's it's just it's just branding you're going to have those loyal listeners and you don't need a million views if you have a thousand people every month that listen consistently and let's just say they subscribe to you for 30 bucks a month to get be a part of a, you know, a, a monthly webinar, that's $30,000 right there you can make. You know, it's, I don't have a big following, but the 50 or 75 loyal people that do follow me, I, could, I earn a decent amount of pennies from them based off of the services that I offer that they find of value. So you don't, the numbers game, it's, it's important, but you have to look at it as well as what type of service are you in? Do you need more volume? Are you high ticket? There are so many ways to, uh, sorry. There's so many ways to skin this cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, on that note, honestly, that's a lot of gems. That's a lot of gems um, for this episode. So um definitely i learned a lot it's great to reinforce it because like you said facebook ads starting off as in general on digital can be frustrating but like once you start having a plan and understanding like what to do how to do it um it, it makes it it makes it so much better so one thank you again uh for the gems you gave me personally to you know come on to the podcast talking about sharing your story your personal story talking about yeah. um how, how people can, can scale and, and, and things like that because this this is the present and future at the same time so this is real important for you guys to listen especially if you're starting e-commerce um anything of that sort um so that's a big thank you. How can people find out if they want to reach out to you, reach out about your company? How can people get in contact with you? Um, well, hopefully you guys will do the spelling when this drops, but just add me on Facebook. It's Kyrie Harper. And you're just going, I drop all of my gems there. I do my Facebook lives there, like everything, because I'm a firm believer of selling information, of course, I have a coaching program. But I also believe that if I can give as much value away for free as possible, the universe in return will pay me back. I don't need to take the money from people, you know? So appreciate that. Um, so if you guys are listening to us, make sure, if you made it to the end of the video, make sure you smash that subscribe button, Ew. notifications, <laughs> smash, click, whatever. Hit that subscribe button, notifications, and make sure you guys are up to date on anything that we are dropping. Again, um, we have some really fire content. We have our weekly episodes. We have our current event episodes that are coming out, and we're also uh, doing movie reviews, which is new. So you guys definitely want to be uh, plugged in. You guys want to make sure you follow us on Instagram, everybodyeats.pod, Twitter, EBEpod, YouTube, Everybody Eats Show. And that's what we have for you guys this week. So that's stay it. safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Nasty. <laughs>